What is up, you beautiful creatures? Thank you and welcome for being on episode number 11 with guest Nick Pax. In today's episode, uh, really uh, had the honor to record this in the store in Lululemon. And it was amazing uh, conversation that I had with Nick Pax. Uh, really what ticked him off in terms of like how he became such a success. Uh, really his, his road and journey of like what he has had to go through in order to discover that he wanted to do what he does now so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you learn a little bit about him so also too um really as i'm going with all this uh the format of the podcast will be changing as i'm going to be having a new guest with me or co-guest with me at all times so stay tuned for that and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode though and i'll see you guys next week What is up, everybody? Welcome and thank you to being on a Lion's Pride episode number 11. I'm over here with uh, a good friend of mine that I've met probably like a year ago also too when I started the Rhone events. Uh, I know a lot of people have been asking why I'm interviewing people from the Rhone event. Uh, well, they've been the main cause why I started this podcast. So what better way to really start off with someone that I met and Really, his energy was a little bit unique. I like unique people. So, my friend, Nick Pags. Yeah, brother. How you doing, my I'm man? I'm good, man. I'm so <laughs> good, and I'm so honored to be on the show. I'm part of the pride now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long coming. Um, I know when we met, uh, you were still... It was the first time I met you, it was at New You. That was my very first New event. You. Yep, yep. And... To be completely honest, like when I met you, I wasn't intimidated, mm -hmm. but I was like, all right, maybe he has too much energy. Let, let, <laughs> let me. Let, too much energy. I was like, let, let, how do I approach? Because sometimes you got to know how to approach someone, right? Somebody. It, Absolutely. It, it depends on the energy. Like, if, if they're too hyped up, do you have to be more hyped up right, right, to right. like be like, oh, bro? Like, and, and it was something that for me it was just. Uh, 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 being in that event, finding out so many personalities, but you stood out because you were like, I was next to you, I was right behind you, I was with Quincy and you were right there, it was the first time I met you, and you looked familiar because I saw you in Ripped, that's when you yep. were still teaching at Ripped. Right. Um, and that's when I was like, I know this guy, I just never saw him shirtless, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, all that's right. a shocker. Yeah, that's. that's uh, why I ever wear a shirt. And it was like my first time also experiencing like, all right, wait. So are you allowed to take your shirt off? Because yeah. I was like, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it's unusual. Like a lot of places are not cool with that. Yeah. So for all the guys to be like whipping shirts off at these events, it's very unique. It was. It was. It was a very unique environment. Very unique. Uh, really. Um, situation for me but I've learned so much from it and really since then I have grown so much as a coach because I've learned from you and from every single individual that I've been around for which has helped me myself personally and really also as a coach um, I am not and I tell this to everybody like my knowledge is always limited uh, I became a coach because I was in a circumstance that I was becoming a father that was it it wasn't really something where like let me be a coach let me be a personal trainer because I love what I do I like working out but when that happened which is almost 10 years ago it was just situation as in like hey you're gonna be a father find a job right so it was a situation that, yeah it was, it was a situation where I was like I was against the wall I needed money and it was giving me the opportunity to become a coach and that's and really honestly one I wanted to get paid and just wanted free membership to the gym pretty much that was it there you go but uh, as I grew older I learned that I actually had a passion for it right. helping people I always love helping people um, and then knew you I always repeat this story but it's so it's such a part of me that I, I put in my two weeks I was gonna put my two weeks notice to leave TS and fitness industry completely I was gonna move out of New York I was gonna like leave I was like I was in that decision making of like should I go back to my country and then just like never come back because uh, I failed so many times throughout the years. I've been on my own. I moved out when I was 18. And really, I was in that point of my life where I was like, all right, 
it's time to call it quits. Yeah. And when that invitation was given to me by Norm, he was like, hey, why don't you go here? I was like, all right, let me just try it and see how it goes. And meeting everybody of you guys uh, changed my mindset as in like, I'm not the only one who knows what it is to be a coach. Yeah. The struggle to hustle, the that really what you need to do in order to get clientele and everything. And I backed out from doing my quitting my job and quitting everything and I said to myself let me learn from them and see how it goes isn't now, that crazy man now a year later I'm like actually so much better mentally yeah physically I have transformed my body but also to just learning so much and actually being the guy coming into a room and say I actually don't know why do I not learn from you guys mm-hmm. and and that's where I met you, and I've been following you, like, uh, secretly, <laughs> I know. But I'm saying, like, I follow, like, everything that you do in terms of, like, how motivational you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that because I'm very motivational also, too. I love uh, really just having that energy that you have to have a mindset of, like, moving things and moving people and really finding a way to motivate everybody in a different way. Yeah. Um, now, with that said, we're going to shift everything to you. And I want to really kind of ask you all these questions because I have so many questions for you. I'm going to start with the first one. How did you end up being where you are now? Well, that was a hell of an intro, first of all. I was like, <laughs> I'm fired up already, like in the podcast, man. Um, now, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. I'm excited uh, to share a little bit of my story. The cool part about me that I think is cool is that I don't have any crazy story. Like my story is not, I was eating out of trash cans, living, you know, in abandoned buildings or like really crazy struggle. I grew up with a great family, great people in my life. Um, People who supported me throughout my entire journey of education, like through high school and college. I went to college to be a physical therapist. That was kind of like my initial so you, always, you always had a mindset of like being in the fitness industry. Yeah, I mean, I not necessarily. I, I was in the fitness space at 17. So I was at a gym in like my senior year of high school. There's a program where you could go to school or you could go to an off-site job that oh, you really? would go and like spend the day there instead of at school. Oh, that's so awesome. that was like the last two months of my schooling. I didn't go to high school. I went to the local physical therapy place right near my parents house which happened to have it was inside of a gym so I ended up doing three hours in the morning with the physical therapist three hours in the afternoon with the trainers and just like hung out in the gym that turned into a summer job Um, and then when I went to school I would come back and I was just kind of like dabbling in maybe becoming a personal trainer um, I was training people like not legally <laughs> I, was, like, doing I, I, I mean I started that way too yeah like we were helping my boys out and honestly how I got started was I would call my friends and I'd be like yo I will buy you lunch if you come let me run you through a workout like I wanted to practice training and I knew I wasn't technically allowed to but I would have people come over and like buy my boys lunch if they would come and let me train them. So like I was technically paying people to let to let me train them. But now that the, the mindset of fitness was it. So if you need to backtrack even more, even though you were already in the the fitness industry there, um, through high school, and were you in the fitness like mindset already? Like were you? Is yeah, it man. I mean, I played soccer my whole life. Like I want. I, I was on a mission to be like pro soccer player that was my whole thing in high school all I did was play and I would lift and like exercise I was the kid who did like you know 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups in the morning before school like I just did that because I knew I wanted to be the best soccer player it had nothing to do with the fitness industry it was all about me wanting to pursue soccer and when I went to college same thing I went to college and I was like I'm just pursuing soccer and I'll take this you know I got a pretty decent scholarship and um, I know when I went to school I really liked the physical therapy thing and I was like great I get to work with athletes I get to like help people with their body I get to work one-on-one with people but the one thing I always said even with soccer I was like I I am on a mission to help people so if that means being a pro soccer player and making a dope amount of money and like going and building and um, non-for-profit or 
creating some type of foundation or something, I don't know, where I can support people. And soccer was an avenue to do that, great. Or physical therapy was an avenue. I just knew I wanted to help people. That was like my mission. And then as I got into school, I realized I want to help people, but I really suck at science. So <laughs> I'm not going to do physical therapy anymore. And I went to, into counseling. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so that's what I graduated with, counseling and human services. And when I tell you, I've every single day, I remember my dad asking me when I left school and I was doing personal training. And he was like, when are you... Not, like he didn't say when are you gonna get a real job but like kind of said when are you gonna get a real job you know and I was like dad he said I want you to use your degree and I said dad if you knew how much counseling is involved in training coaching like crazy every day yeah. it's why I built my business to what it is it's how I've become such a successful trainer is I am committed to working with people's minds just as much as their bodies and that has changed the game for me. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like my intro into the fitness industry. I accidentally, I became a trainer at 19, and then by the time I left school, it all just kind of happened like, oh, I'm just making a couple extra bucks as I get ready for grad school, and then my business exploded. I was working with 50 clients a week wow, at the local nice. gym. It was crazy, dude. I was working 18-hour days, sleeping like three, four hours a night. I did that for four or five years but you didn't see SM like you didn't see it I mean I guess because when you f when you find that it to yourself because people ask me it's like how do you do it waking up at four o'clock in the morning yeah. how do you do it like you're working until 10 a.m. Yeah. 10, 10 p.m. I don't think that way I don't think I gotta work until 10 p.m. I don't think I have to wake up at 4 a.m. yeah I might yeah, be it's fun, it's fun it's and, it's, and I love what I do so like when I wake up like the first five minutes I'm like yeah you know everybody wakes up into the but once I get into that rhythm of like five minutes later, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I know my mission. It's the, the day is so smooth for me. And I'm sure it's for you because it's like people see how they quote unquote say that we're overworking, but we are there. Our mission is to actually involve our energy to help people's people's yeah. mindset, people's lifestyle. And really, that's 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 what a passion is all about that you don't wake up with that oh, I gotta go to work totally and yeah. I, I believe that what keeps me going what's worked for me in the past before I even knew I was thinking this way and then when I actually opened awareness to it it shifted everything if I'm giving and I'm growing if those two things are in alignment and they're happening in my life I'll be fired up so if I'm waking up and I know that in some way I'm giving to others and giving of myself which happens every day okay. in my work like it's yeah. what we do for a living yeah. is give 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 all the time um, with the mentality of growing others and I'm growing so like I need something that's gonna keep challenging me and asking me to do more and be more and see more and that whether that's travel whether that's like literal like learning um, getting a new certification or taking a class under a great instructor that I want to learn from or getting on a podcast and having great conversation whatever it is if I'm giving and if I'm growing those two things are happening in my life I tend to be fired up and I think what happens to a lot of people and there's a very blanket statement but people get stuck in like the nine to five and people are hating on nine to fives I don't hate on nine to fives yeah. I think if that's your life great like cool. and that's Good what you, you love yeah. hell yeah but if your nine to five doesn't consist of giving and growing in some way I think people are really going to struggle to have any passion to wake up like people are like, oh, I have to go work see, a desk job. Because they see thing as the same thing over and over and over. But even that, bro, you can do over and over. But what, yeah. what I think people get stuck on is like, it's not the over and over that's driving you crazy. Are you in that over and over? Is it something where you're growing yourself? Where you're constantly improving? Even if it's the same thing. Is there room for improvement and are you taking it? And are you helping someone, taking care of other people? If you have those two things... Who gives a shit what your job is? Like, just go and do what you got to do. Like, yeah. live your nine to five or live your sleep three hours, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to do. I mean, you know, I think people just point out, just really kind of have that consistency of like pointing the finger or really kind of like stepping themselves out of the equation of what they're going through and start pointing the fingers out. And it's something that I realized over also too growing up. Um, and 
and it's sometimes it's not something that you want to do but it's so hard to kind of like apply that mentality um even though i'm a coach i'm not it's hard for me sometimes to communicate that you know obviously for you you are more into that level of like psychology and it's something that i actually learn and it's not that i want to apply that to my clients sometimes as a coach you have a certain type of limitation too where you're gonna be like listen you might need further help than this right out of your scope of yeah practice and, and you totally. have to and you have to say that i it doesn't get me mad but like there's many times that i'm in in a gym sometimes i shut off my headphones and i listen to coaches how they speak and sometimes i'm like dude this is one of the reasons sometimes i have to work extra hard for my services because what you're saying right now is is but i respect myself and i don't say anything but it's just like don't do it um but now here's here's my other question is like so because when i enter into personal training my father so i don't have a great relation with my father okay but he did not accept the fact that i wanted to be a personal trainer yeah. well or that i had just a job he he's a mechanic he's a blue collar he crossed the border like he did everything that an illegal immigrant would do here to pursue the American dream and he wanted better for me obviously now that's a man myself and as a father myself now I can see that but he did not agree what I was doing with my life he was never never proud of anything all I wanted to do is make him proud but I feel like every time I did something and he diminished his proudness of me it felt like I was doing something wrong over and over and over. What did that feel? Because you you said you mentioned a little bit of how your father kind of approached you, like you need to use your your degree. Yeah. Did you feel in a way, or were you always supported by your family in terms of like the decisions that you were making? Even though sometimes people, now that you are older, you like me. Mm, yeah. Maybe maybe not. So, like I said, I have, I am. I could not be more blessed with a better family. Like, literally couldn't have created them any better. Now, with that being said, does my dad drive me absolutely crazy? <laughs> totally. <laughs> and he knows that, and I know that, and it's like a mutual understanding. And he has been, when I look at my dad, I, all I, the, the word that comes to mind always is honor. He's a man of honor. He does things with integrity. He's a good man. He's... Um, he's an honorable man and when he looks when I look at my situation and how he challenged me he's looking at what he knows and he's doing the best he can to give me the support that he can so in the time when it was all going down was I kind of pissed at like dude I'm working so hard why aren't you seeing like how hard I'm working I'm building my own business at 20 years old like this is cool this is dope stuff and um and I was frustrated because he wasn't seeing that. But what he was doing was he was being the dad that wants to make sure that I'm good. He wanted to have my back. And like in hindsight, it's easy to say that stuff. Um, but now looking, you know, again, in hindsight, I'm seeing the progress of that relationship. And what he was doing was asking for me to prove myself. Like, I'm not just going to say, go be a personal trainer. Listen, in my dad's generation, personal trainer was a shitty job. Yeah. It's just a crappy job. You're making 30 grand a year. Like, at today's times, it would be like 30, 40, 50 grand tops a year. You can't raise a family, like, super, like, abundantly on that. Yeah. Not in New York City. Nope. $30,000 is not taking you anywhere. So, he was, so, I think he was saying, not so elegantly. (laughs) like tough cookie type of way he was just like dude you want this to to be your thing i'm i'll I'll support you but i need to know that this is legitimate and that this is not just like oh i'm going getting a summer job and like kind of sticking with it after school because the best the best gift the best gift other than travel my parents gave me was my education they paid for all of my education like i when I think about that, I want to throw up because of how much money in private school and just like my parents were so committed to educating the four of us, um, me and my siblings. So he he sacrificed so much to put that to make that happen for me. Yeah. And 
it's there's almost a level of respect like of course I have to hear what he's saying when he was challenging me this man educated me he he was he worked since he was 16 to make sure that I can go to school before I even existed right and that's what he did and he followed through with it and now I to me it's not like I owe him like I'm in debt to him but he deserves from me a commitment to whatever it is I do but B to show him like this is what I'm doing and this is why here and, and this goes for my mom, too. My dad is just always like, my mom is my number one cheerleader in anything ever. She's also a tough cookie on me. She'll call me out. But my dad is the one who, who just like, I need to show him 20 different ways why this is the right choice before he's like, okay, fine. My yeah. mom's like, all right, just tell me once, maybe a second time, and I'll trust you. My dad's like, tell me again. Tell me another reason. Prove me. Prove this to me. Prove this to me. So he taught me a lot about um, dealing with adversity. And whether that was his intention at the time or not, I don't know. Um, but I, again, it just comes down to honor. He is such an honorable man, the way he works. So when I talk about like my dad and I think about, we were chatting about this before, like what he did, did I want to follow in his steps? Mm-hmm. My dad owns a pharmacy, he's third generation. So the thought was, okay, the next sundown <laughs> takes over the pharmacy, yeah. fourth generation, <laughs> where are you at, Nick? And from day one, it was like a yucky feeling. Like I never wanted to take it over. Now, what I did love was that my dad was a boss. Him and his brothers own the pharmacy. A boss. They're just freaking awesome. They're bosses, man. And they are good people. They run the business with such um, poise and presence and power like triple P right there, poise, presence, and power. They own the space. They take care of their employees. Again, honorable. Um, and they just do things the right way. So that's something I always looked at him and said, I want that. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to help people, which he does. He's in a you know, helping business as a pharmacist. And, um, and I want to I be a boss. I just want to run shit. Doesn't, I want to. Doesn't it feel good? It to feels to be a, good to be a boss, because my man. father's a boss too, and, it, and that's all. And I think I had more pressure because I'm the only son. Right. So obviously, my father didn't have an option. I said, like, okay, well, if you want to do your own thing, you have a brother or a sister I can rely on. He was more of like, you're, you're the, the only one. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be. And, and the thing is, like, I think in a way, I always think that my father sacrificed our, my relationship with him. Uh, because of the pursuit of happiness for himself and pursuit of like being a better man he was not a, a good man it's not that he was not a good man but like financially and work wise in my country thir- consider a third world country mm-hmm. Bolivia uh, work wise was not something that he was looking for my grandma was here in the United States so yeah. she kind of brought my my father and my the rest of my family on my father's side mm-hmm. here Obviously, I was too young. I was like a year old when that happened. A lot of commotion between me, my mom and my dad happened, and that diminished me not seeing my father for 14 years. Wow. Right. So, as I was 14 years old, I was already a kid. Not only was I the only son, I was very selfish. Yeah. I was very like nobody can tell me anything type of thing. So I had a mentality of being a, a douchebag. Yeah. Growing up, and it was. I needed a hard hand, and that the only hard hand I had was my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Military base, soccer player, he played for the national team. In no way. Yeah, he played against Pelé and everything. Wow. And so there was, there was a lot of history in soccer, but my grandfather knew, you don't have the skills to be a soccer player, not because I don't want you to, but he would tell me, it's like, you, you're just meant for something else. Right. As a kid, I was like, what are you talking about, old man? Whatever. Right. When I came to the United States, my father was broke. It was a broken man, yeah. meaning all he knew was work, all he knew was his business. He was a boss. I was very proud. Till this day, I'm very proud of my father of what he became mm-hmm. here out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, but at this time, he was so broken and he was so cold that I was, I didn't respect him. I was afraid of him. Mm-hmm. So having that fear between a father and son is something that. You want to make him proud, but you want to make him proud because you just want to see a smile on his face. Right, right, right. Not because he wants you to be like, you know, I'm, I'm paying for your schooling. 
make me happy. Yeah. And that's kind of like the pressure for another five years happen. So seeing the relationship and the way you, you speak about your father so highly, I do speak about my father highly, but it has broken us because the second I told my dad, I don't want to be part of the business because right. I want to create my own. He felt hurt. He, well, it's all, it's all he knew. Oh, he knew. He literally disowned me. Yeah, yeah. And it hurt him to the point that it, our relationship was shattered. Yeah. And from then on, when I moved out, my father would, and I had this for like 10 years as a career, in my career, you will never make it out there. Yeah. And having that from, a, from someone that is supposed to be your father, your blood and everything, it's hurtful when you're younger, but that's what made me where I am now. Yeah. Every year, every year. And it's crazy because I hear a lot of relationships and I have a lot of friends that have close relationships with their father. And to a certain degree, I'm very jealous about it because I wish I could have that relationship with my father. And it's something that now as a father is something that I'm afraid to be like my father. Yeah. And it's crazy because I don't see my kids. Not because I don't want to. It's because now it's, it feels like it's, the wheel has turned. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in the same situation as my father was when he was right. 25. Right. And it's crazy, but it's a different mindset now how I see my kids and how I want to teach them and support them in whatever they want to do. Listen, man, I just I refuse to live in a place of scarcity with that. And what I mean by that is a lot of people have issues with their parents or situations where like I didn't get along with my dad or this or my mom or whatever and they live in this bitter space and yeah. they go into the next like they become parents and they do the same shit to their kids that yeah. their parents did to them and I just refuse to live in that space of like a scarcity mindset like this is what happened to me so I'm gonna go put that on to others and it's, it's, that's not the way you want to yeah you just look at it like I am so blessed to have a father who had so many powerful good qualities yeah. and a mother who has they both are just incredible human beings and my dad in my eyes the way I experienced it he did some stuff that like I didn't like and like that okay. I would change if I were dad if I were, were a dad and just like um, my mom there's a lot of things not a lot of things I think my mom's <laughs> an angel but there's things that my mom has done where I'm like I just won't do that with my kids and it's it's a really shallow place to come from if all you think is my mom and dad are wrong I'm bitter this is why I am the way I am it's like no I'm like yay my dad really tested me growing up a lot and now I get to use that as the rock solid yeah, foundation to is. be a father in a way that I think is the right way because you, there is no right way or wrong yeah. way it's the way that you perceive and experience it exactly so, like, I don't know the answer, dude. I'm not a dad. I'm not even thinking <laughs> in that realm. But I, what I do know is what feels good and feels right. Yeah. And the things that hurt for me or I struggled with as a kid, even, the like, playing the game of should I do the same thing to my kid because I think I turned out, like, a really great guy. Yeah. And maybe what my dad was doing, although it may have hurt a relationship for that time being, he did the created right a strong man. Correct. So, like, am I, if I'm a softy, where my dad was really tough on me, um, am I going to create a softie? And right. like, I don't want that, you know? Yeah. So like, that's where the challenge kind of sets in. Um, and I, I got some time to think about that before I get into like... Oh yeah, trust me, like when it, when it happened to me, I was like, this is not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be like this with my dad, like, like with my kids and everything. But to a certain degree, I again, if it wasn't for my dad's personality and his attitude, I wouldn't have created the mindset that I had. Right. As a kid, as a teenager, especially like you come and like you're forced against your will to stay here and you just like forced to be in this situation, you create a lot of resentment. And for like a couple of years, I was like very resenting my father. And until when I turned 30, I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Why am I resenting him? You know, it's, it, it's a, it was a piece on my end to be like that. Like, I love you to death and everything. Like, I know you're always going to be angry. It's maybe something that I'm not going to change of you, but I forgive you. Yeah, like, that's huge. And, and, and just saying that, wow. and listen, my father still cursed me out, still kicked me out. But in my head, I was like, I know that if someday something happens to my father, I'll be in that correct mindset. I said, like, I, at least I said thank you to him. At least I said to him, 
you know, I forgive you, all the right things where when my grandparents who literally raised me passed away, I never had the opportunity to tell them thank you and thank you for everything. And it's something that I regret till this day because it was something that they needed to hear from me. And it's, I don't want to have that same mistake. Um, but it is, I love your family culture because it's like, it's very rare to have that type of family culture and, and you should definitely be proud of that yeah. and, and something to embrace. But let's not get all this emotional <laughs> stuff over here. We just here. got deep in we the just, family work, we, man. We, we got real deep. Um, as you were growing up though, like you already like, you, you, you were in the, so you didn't end up, this, you had the, not the physical therapy one, but that you had the, what's the other training? Yeah. Like, yeah. How did it happen with uh, RIP? What, what happened with Yeah, RIP? so I left college and started just personal training and building that business. I started doing group fitness in the local gym that I was at, and I started packing the thing out. It was like a 40-person class that they handed me. They paid for me to get a group fitness uh, certification. The woman there... Um, Barbara Cullen, who I will forever celebrate as like a, my number one mentor in this space, she was the woman that gave me my internship and just believed in me. And for whatever reason, she saw like a spark in me at 17 and just like latched on to me and was like, you can be great in this industry. And I always thought like, that I'm going to do physical therapy. No, thank you, but thanks. Um, she actually passed away when I was, I want to say 19. And yep, it was because she was the reason I did not have my personal training cert. And then when she passed, I just kind of felt like this real commitment to make her proud. Right. Because she had put so much into me in that, those two years and let me come in and work the morning shifts when I was home from school and all that. Um, and she just believed in me. So like that, that for me was enough to buckle down and go get my cert. And that's what I did at 19. Um, yeah, and then I graduated, started the group fitness thing, and the gym started to see, like, wait, we have something here with this guy. He's really good. So they paid for my group fitness cert. I started with 10-person classes, 20-person classes. They put me into the big room. I was teaching 40-person sold-out classes every time. Let me ask something. This was not in the city, though. No, nope, uh, Westchester, New York. Westchester. I, was, I forgot to ask. I was like, wait, wait, this is all happening in the city? No, it's like, so this no, was in this Westchester. No, this is before New York City. Okay. New York City's the mecca, man. Yeah. I, would not, I wouldn't have been able to <laughs> yeah, hang 40, in I'm like, in New York City? That's awesome. Yeah, man. I got, like, my roots. Um, I was a five-minute run from my parents' house. That's what it okay. took me to get there. It was close. And... Um, and one of my clients was an instructor. So I was a personal trainer for this woman who was an instructor at Ripped. And she goes, can you come take my class? I want to film my family friend's class or whatever she said. And I was like, all right, fine. And I really wasn't going to go because I was tired. It was midday. I had been working since 4 a.m. And I was like, I told her I was going to go. I got to go. So I show up. And actually, I was the only person in the class. So now I'm like pissed no because she's like, she was just starting. Oh, like man. she didn't have a lot of so people you had that it. responsibility Dude, yeah. and I was like I gotta oh. run and we're actually work out I was gonna dog it so I went in and I tore it up and to be brutally honest she wasn't a very good instructor but I saw like something in that room I don't know what it was it was just a feeling of like it was also in Westchester this one was in Westchester okay. before so we that's opened in New York City yeah Rip started in that's Westchester. the first one oh, okay. yeah okay, yeah okay. Ripped Fitness which is a um, a Barry's Boot Camp-esque type training facility. It's treadmills and weight training back and forth between the two, high-intensity interval training. And I was in the middle of that class with her, and I literally walked out in the middle, like right after a sprint, and she's like, where are you going? Because I was the only one there. And I was like, I just, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I walked out, and I go to the woman at the front desk, is the owner here? And she goes, uh, he's next door, do you need something? And I said, can you walk me to him? She's like, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, sure. So I literally walked over, shook Brian's hand, who I'd never met, and I said, hey man, my name is Nick Pags, and I was like, you need me. He's like, what? <laughs> he dropped a heavy F-bomb. <laughs> I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm this 22-year-old kid, and um, You've telling been this like business boss, owner. Huh? Yeah, look at that. that Yo, boss but honestly, like, it, it wasn't even like a, I'm a boss, but like that wasn't my mentality. My mentality no, you was, need my help. I need this space. Like, why is this not filled right now at 1040 in the morning? Like, I should be here or 12 o'clock, whatever it was. I should be here filling these classes. I've been busting my ass to go build my own 
revenue stream with these classes that I've been building at this other facility. And I knew that I could do great things there. By the end of that two minute conversation, we shook hands. Yes, invited me in for an audition or whatever yeah. you want to say. He really was just like, let's get you training. I, like he was in. And um, Brian Ripka is the owner of Ripton. He just really believed in me from day one. He saw something there. He tested me, he challenged me. He's not a group fitness instructor. He was a business, he ran um, a jewelry business before that. And then saw kind of a gap in this industry. And like that there was nothing really competing with the Barry style mm -hmm. of training built more of a holistic family like what everybody's included this was i want to say five and a half years ago okay so um, yeah so barry's already barry's was like huge. huge oh barry's been around like 15 20 years like they're they're massive at this point and there's no one competing this is before orange theory really started kind to make a big off, swing yeah. um so yeah he saw something there and business-wise he was smart but he needed help on the instructing end he just didn't know how to get instructors in there he didn't know how to build instructors and that's where I came in and just started tearing it up. And my first, I remember, this is actually a cool little story. I remember my first class that I was um, teaching. I'd been taking classes, like 12 classes or 15 classes I had to take before I could start training to be an instructor. So I took these 12 classes and I remember the day I was gonna call Jamie, the manager there, and say, thank you, but no thank you. Like, this has been literally seven weeks where I've been putting in hours just like coming and taking class. I'm trying to run a business. I don't have time for this. Thank you, but it's taking too long. I literally was calling her at 10 o'clock. She called me at 9 a.m. and said, hey, we're getting you on the schedule in a month. Like training starts. And I was like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Let's fucking go. So it was perfect timing. Um, and I started training my ass off. And this woman who always had a sold out class, her name was Eve. She's now at Flywheel, I think. She's so kick-ass, she's so talented. She was amazing, and I loved watching her classes because she just had this power over the room. So I would go take her class all the time, and I taught at 8.30, which is a prime time spot in Westchester for like the middle-aged moms. Like, okay. that's the spot, 8.30 and 9.30. You're gonna oh. get packed, you should be sold out. If you're a good instructor, you should be sold out. I had four women in my first class. There are 36 spots in the room. Eve had 36 with a 12-person waiting list Jesus. at 9.30. But how long? Yeah, okay. So I remember that day feeling it was my first primetime class. I had taught some 6 a.m.s and, and I was feeling good. But I felt sick to my stomach and I said, I will never, ever feel like this again. Where like I am trash and the other person in the spot is like a superhero. And dude, that moment triggered me and it literally set my career on fire. I remember saying my mission, it had nothing to do with Eve, I love Eve, and she's so amazing. It was my mission was, I'm gonna make sure my classes are booked out and she's the one struggling for numbers. And it wasn't against her, nothing to do with her. I just but wanted that was to prove mindset, that I could, that, that was the mindset. Wanted, that, that was just your mindset that you needed to And it to was with that. no intention of diminishing yeah. what she was doing or taking her people like in a way that was, I was trying to steal them or anything, nope. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure my shit was booked out way more than hers. I wanna say it was two and a half years later, <laughs> She was on, it was her last class. She was retiring from Ripped and she was moving like full time to Flywheel. And really healthy, like goodbye, all good. She had, um, I wanna say like seven people or 10 people in her class. And I had a, at 9.30, and I had an 8.30, 15 person, 10 person waiting list, whatever it was. And the tables turned two years later, like, Fully. That is crazy. And it was the day she retired. She no way. It was literally the day she said goodbye. It was just ironically that that was the way the schedule worked out, and she happened to have like that's a small. Yo, it was crazy, and it's a little dramatized. Well, were you, were you thinking that day? Were like, oh shit. Like, you can ask anybody who was working that day. I think <laughs> it was Ashley Worley, one of my very good friends. I sat with her and I said, "Can I tell you something that's oh happening God. right now?" Because I remember feeling it. Yo, I literally cried. Like I went to the bathroom and I just had this feeling of like, like yo, did when I, cross I this? Like, well, I felt bad for for that situation, but also like, come on, that, like this is the fitness industry. You're always trying to get people in your classes. Yeah. That's what it is. But like that, the grit and tenacity and manifesting that took place to make that happen over those two years, and I'd become an owner at that point. So like. Brian asked me in that two-year period to become um, an owner of the business and co-owner of the business, which I did. 
and like at 24 years old, I was owning, I was an owner of a business, and that dream that I had manifested came true. Yeah. And it just was proof to me that if you set your mind on something, you can literally just go do it. And yeah. it sounds so cheesy, but that was what proof that's to what me we that that's true. Through. And that's yeah. what we live to do. Like, yeah. and I live to show that to people. So that's one of my really powerful stories that I was so adamant about getting out there because it is, again, Eve is selling out classes left and right everywhere she goes. Just on that day, that was the day where God like kind of shined down on me and said like, bro, if you focus on your stuff and you commit and you manifest, you will create. So we opened New York City uh, about two, it was November 2014. And nope, not 2014, that's the year I graduated college. 2016. Yes, November 2016, we're coming, it's almost three years. And that was probably the hardest thing I ever did. Because we had two locations going, me and Brian and Jamie um, were pretty much running the show. Jamie was one of our lead instructors. It's, she's the manager there still. I was sleeping, and no joke, this is, this is not exaggerating. I couldn't afford an apartment because the apartments on the Upper East Side where the oh, location insane. was are crazy. Yeah. And I was coming off of like making $28 an hour as a personal trainer, like, which is great, but like not enough to survive in New York. Yeah. I was sleeping on a blow-up mattress in the closet at Ripped. And I did it in such a way where, like, Brian, I didn't tell Brian because I knew he wouldn't have been cool with it. He would have found a way to, like, get me an apartment or something. And I didn't want any handouts. I just wanted to do the work, and I wanted to figure it out. And I said, if I'm going to make this work, I'm going all in. And what that meant for me at the time was some nights I would crash on my buddy's couch, my bro Casey, who I will always be grateful for because he lived on the Upper East Side, and he would every day open up his door for me. Um, But I I was getting there at, like, 11 at night. 11.30 11.30 from work he would be like either asleep or about to go to bed and I would wake up at 4 and he like would hear my alarm and I just like I didn't feel comfortable like yeah. waking the dude up every morning so uh, so I slept in the closet and like for 6 months I didn't tell anybody didn't tell my siblings didn't tell my parents because I knew that um, they would just go out of their way to like take care of me and how blessed am I to be able to say that? But I just, I wanted to own it no, and figure man, it out, man. Some, some, listen, sometimes we know that we have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like having a TV at home. Like, you know you have a TV. That doesn't mean you have to turn it on. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, we all have those opportunities. I'm yeah. sure that my family, I know that I say I'm not close to my family, but if I tell them that I'm struggling, they will I'm help. sure they will help, right? I would just, I wanted to get rid of a safety net. Yeah. So what and was happening in my that. life was I was constantly padded. Like, I was jumping a lot. I was jumping off of ledges to shoot for stuff. But I had a really nice cushion always at the bottom. So when I fell, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. My commitment to myself was, and I knew I would only go 120% if there was no cushion under my jump. So the only cushion I had was a freaking blow-up mattress. And I remember laying <laughs> on the floor, sleeping. Like, I woke up in the freaking closet to a... No joke, and I shouldn't say this because it makes rip sound dirty, and it wasn't super clean. <laughs> but we had just, like, it was a couple weeks after we opened, and there was still, like, a lot of things to be done, and there, it, there was a mouse sitting in front of my face. I tell you, I shit you not, it was a foot and a half from my face eating a granola bar that I put on the floor there. And it's I New York City, so for us, it's, like, not that crazy. it's not that crazy. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, never again. Like, I do not belong on the floors with mice. Like, that's just not who I am. That was another pivotal, like, kind of shift for me in my career where I was just like, what I'm doing is great, next level. Let's go. I don't know, yep, let's go. I don't know what the next level looks like, but I'm bringing it. So I just went in, man. Like, we started doing events. I started pushing, getting, I was like, Brian, I'm going to run getting new instructors in here. I'm going to be in target part of instructor training. I was putting in ridiculous work, going out to the Hamptons, teaching classes, coming back, trying to promote as much as I can, still keeping my personal training business. I just, I love when there's something that has to get done that people think I can't get done. That's it our fire, man. That's our fire. That's my fire. Like, it if you, tell, if you tell me you can't do something, I'm like, Hold my beer. Yeah. Hold my beer. (laughs) Technically, hold my protein shake. But, you know, I'm like, all right, bro. 
Okay, you telling me that? Let's go. It's not even an ugly, douchey, like, bro, I just want to prove you wrong. It's no. more of a... Um, Show me what for you myself. It's for myself. Like, if someone gives me a limitation, I want to prove to myself that lo- no limitations really can bind me. Well, I mean, the, the ultimate test is us against us. Yeah, that's yeah? it. When we think about, like, people, oh, this and that. I was like, listen, only way you know, this is the way I see it. I can truly say I can quit at something when I tried my very best and I know for a fact it's like, okay, maybe this is not for me. Yeah. But I have tried numerously. If I am not at that point, I keep on trying. Right. Because that's that's the mindset I have. Mm-hmm. Like I will try until like my mind's like, okay, maybe we have to try something else. Maybe this is really not for you. You know, and that goes for sports. Like a lot of people go into that mindset like I want to be the best football player and everything. It's like you got to go beyond just saying that you're the best right. or you want to be the best because you and millions of other people have the same mindset of that. What is it that is going to take you to that next level? Here's the scary part about that. When you I, and I'm sure your listeners, because people who listen to self-help podcasts are yeah. like hustlers, right? It's a blessing when there's somebody in first place and you're not because there's something to shoot for. There's a guide. Right? There's like, okay, if that person can jump five feet, like I've got to be able to cross five feet. Like I'm yeah. jumping five, five feet, one inch. Yeah, because you have I mean, that goal and maybe you can surpass that goal. And that's a beautiful thing to have. Yeah. When you're a true leader, a true trailblazer, a true like game changer in the world, the MLKs of the world, the bit, and I'm not going to get into big names, I don't want to bring up politics, but like huge big time names that have changed the world there's nobody above them to set a standard. So the only person that they could possibly compete with is the self that they envision being. Yeah. So their best version of themselves, that's what I set. And I'm blessed because I got a lot of people who are better than me at everything I'm doing. So I have something to shoot for. But when you get to that top level, like if you're in a workspace where you're at the, like the top guy in your team or whatever, You've got to be able to. This is a very Michael Jordan thing. He never went into games trying to beat somebody on the court. He was only trying to be better than his best version of himself. Yeah. That's a very Michael Jordan line. You know also, too, who, who, who got interviewed and he, he got asked that question? Matthew McConaughey. Yep. They asked him and he's like, who do you want to be better? He's like, I want to be better than myself. Yeah, because honestly, dude, like if you're searching for other people... Yes, if someone's really better than you in an area, you can go and look at them and say, I want to do better than them, and that sets a standard. But once you get to a certain point where you're, like, top-notch, if you really want to change the game, like, really want to change the world, bro, you have to be willing to see something that doesn't exist yet. you got to be able to see a level of you that has never existed. And, And I think that that's where people struggle. They get really complacent when they surpass the guy in first place. And then they yeah, just like, like oh, chill. What do I do now? And then and then you lose your fire, or someone passes you. Um, that's why the first place people, it's so rare. You look at like the top notch people in any industry, the top baseball player in the world, top soccer player in the world, top uh, like you look at Jeff Bezos, like yeah. the, the, those types of people, Oprah. These people have not only surpassed everyone, they just keep pushing way past what they think their limits are. Yeah. That's my mission, to and get to a place where I can play with that. Yeah, because sometimes it's like, and that build, builds leadership also too, because it's like, you know, you know as you're going forward, you know that there's people behind you. Mm. You know what I mean? People want to, there's going to be people that want to follow you, yeah. there's going to be people that want to take you down, and there's going to be people that just want to be next to you. Right. So you have to have that same mindset going forward as it is. And it is very rare to find a person that does that. I can relate to you because I, in my own prehistoric way, because I learned just from learning from other people, I have that mindset all the time because there was no one in front of me all the time because I was the only kid. So for me, I was never going against someone. Right, right, right. For me, it was always like, well, I'm, I can't compete. Who am I competing with? So I needed to be in an environment where I can be surrounded by a group and be like, all right, let's see how I can do it. learn and then advance and see my potential every time. And within that came failures, within that came success, within that came a lot of things that I've 
to surprise my family too and it's something that only certain mindsets can be like yeah i can relate to that i know what it is yeah and honestly i also believe that when if you want true bliss like bliss like freedom of just feeling on top of the world if you can get rid of comparison so like i'm talking about it from the most basic standpoint yeah you look at like okay this guy's better than me i want to i want to shoot to be better than him because it's a clear guide of where to go but if you get to a place where you you don't even see the competition and the only competition is you like there's no comparison and you just keep working in your like your lane your lane your lane that I challenge people to do often. Like, stop worrying about what Johnny's doing. Because if you're worrying about what Johnny's doing, you're not even actually putting attention and focus on your mission. Yeah. You're putting attention and focus on trying to copy him, and you're never gonna be a better Johnny than Johnny is. Just like Johnny's never gonna be a better Nick than Nick is. Yeah. It's just you're not unique. happening. So yep. to me, it's like, you want true bliss and freedom in your life and just feeling like complete abundance and drive and passion? Shoot for the best version of you. Just stop, like comparison is the thief of joy is a Ted Roosevelt quote. Um, and, and even deeper, I said this in a keynote one time when I was speaking, uh, I forget the quote perfectly, but it's something along the lines of, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. Yep. A lot of times we look at like this guy who's been doing this for three years or has a lot of understanding and knowledge about a certain space and you're trying to like compare yourself to him and you're just getting started so you feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. But like, don't don't look at that guy. Yeah. Stop worrying about him if that's not serving you. For some people, I look at great instructors, it fires me up to want to be better. Other times and other people, it's like, nah, I don't want to look at anybody else. I just want to see what I'm doing and trying to prove that. Yeah. So see what works for you. There's no like strict line. I had to discover that on my own because yep. I was in an industry being a coach. I wanted to be better than the other coaches, but I was copying their modes mm. of training and I will fail at it. And I'll be like, why am I failing if they're being successful? Obviously, I never had friends or people that I knew that you can be like, they can tell you, hey, maybe you want to try something else. So I had to really find my own discoveries on my own too. But I always wanted to like, and now with social media and everything, right? So you are, there's so much comparing. Yeah. And I'm in this, we are in an industry that it's all about that, right? So who can, you know, sometimes you are in an environment, like when I go to a gym, I know people looking, yeah, yeah, people, people looking at you like how much weight are you lifting? I put my hoodie on and I was like, don't bother me. I don't look at my, I look at myself in the mirror. I was like, we're working 45 minutes and we get out of here. And having that mindset compared to where I was before and a lot of people that I see going through them, I let them know, like, listen, at the end of the day, the only person that's gonna be in front of you is your shadow. So you have to create your own shadow. It's interesting you bring that up. Like one of the big, I've been making a lot of work shifts lately in my life. And one of the things that I've started, really tapping into I'm now a, a fitness business consultant yeah so I'm doing a lot of consulting for either spaces gyms or uh, talent so when you mentioned you know when I was looking at other people and what they were doing right and trying to copy them the number one thing I do when I work with a trainer or a group fitness instructor specifically in trying to build their business or become more successful or whatever they're trying to do the first thing we do is tackle and find out what is your superpower. So like, I know my superpower is like empathy. I'm just like, I can connect with anybody in the room and bring, like be passionate about connecting with you. And that's what keeps people coming back to my class. Just like I was working with an instructor the other day whose superpower is he's just like a firecracker man. <laughs> Crazy energy. He can just go like nonstop. Like can more I, can I guess who that is? You don't, I don't know if you know him. What's his name? He was at the event the other day, but you weren't there for the full time. <sighs> he was on my podcast, actually. He was. Uh, dark, dark hair. My buddy Poppy. Poppy, there you Poppy. go. Yes, yep. I follow him on Instagram. So he's the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has crazy. He's videos. Of, I'm like, all right, dude. You you need. You don't need pre workout. Don't <laughs> no, take a pre workout. He doesn't take pre workout, <laughs> dude. And and he um he's just an energizer bunny, and it's a very easy one for that. Like when you look at Poppy, the first thing you think is energy. Finding a superpower is so important because what it does is it 
and this, by the way, this applies to building a business, building your Instagram, not just fitness stuff, like you at work, what's your superpower? How can you highlight it? Because when you're trying to be someone else, you're searching for a superpower that might not be yours. So if I'm trying to instruct, like you're the best instructor in New York City and I'm trying to follow you, I'm sure there are tips and tricks I can pick up, but the truth is I'm gonna be going from a space of a superpower that's not mine. Right. But if I can get you to tap into your superpower, you're gonna now be whatever, the best for fitness instructor in the space or whatever, because you're accessing your fullest potential. So anywhere you are in life, look at what what is my best, like what am I really damn good at? Is it, I'm really good at sitting and having conversation with people. I'm really empathetic. I'm really fun and enjoyable. I'm really smart. I don't know, like what is it that, is your superpower and how can you apply that to the space that you're in that's the first thing I do when I'm working with fitness professionals specifically and businesses when I work with businesses what's your superpower that's crazy and let's build off of that make that your foundation then you're not worrying about trying to be like him her this that or the other thing you're you and that's your foundation now you're talking about authenticity at a whole new level yeah you know what I'm saying because it's about uniqueness also too. It's like, I thrive on learning from people that are very unique and they love who they are. Because mm-hmm. usually in New York City also too, I've noticed too, like I had to like really hide myself behind a facade of be like, I'm afraid that people are not gonna like me. I'm afraid that people are gonna judge me in terms of this or my energy level is gonna be completely different. People might, might not like my classes because I'm crazy. So you also step into that you need to step into that confidence level of like f this yeah people either people are not not everybody in the world gonna like you it's just it's meant to happen you're meant to have and you're meant to have enemies you're meant to have competition you're meant to have people like that it's in our nature and it's okay you just need to accept that and just move on with that and just go to that next level like you said using that superpower that you have and just thriving with it there you go oh man what a talk man um before we go i have to ask you three questions okay since you're very motivational who's who's the person that you listen to let's say when it comes down to motivational eric thomas et the hip hop preacher i love i've been following him since the first speech when he's talking about the gazelle and the lion yeah i think since then as bad as you want to breathe yeah yeah he um i have his bracelet on right now yeah he uh i started watching him when i was 18 and we met personally Four, four or three years ago. I'm a little jealous about that right now. <laughs> Dude, he like gave me his cell phone. When I talk about like this man, like Nobel Peace Prize type yeah. stuff, that he is one of those people where you walk in a room and like your heart feels lighter because he's there. It sounds weird, but like he is, he is a powerful, powerful man, a powerful man. And I remember, I, I mean, I listened to him. I broke down when I went to go meet him at a meet and greet, broke down, cried my eyes out. because he just has this like presence and he like gave me a cell phone number and then I went to a couple events and like we don't talk every day we're not like boys but when we see each other he's like yo what's up Nick and I'm like yo E what's good so it's cool to connect and I hope to be working with him on a deeper level now but E.T. the hip hop preacher go follow him on Instagram number one motivational speaker in the world Um, second question so uh, this one is a short one Uh, the second one will be a word for yourself that describes you. Well, I mean, I'm gonna give a guess, but you tell me. I might throw you a curveball here. I think a word that I would choose to describe me is empathy. Empathy. Because yes, I'm I'm passionate, I'm driven, I'm like motivational, all those things are like important to me. But what drives me is like kindness and empathy. That's just what's instilled by my parents as the foundation of every breath I take. I want to, I want to do the right thing. I want to be a good person, and I want to never just make judgments without thinking about putting myself in someone else's shoes. And when I started to live my life through a space of empathy, which happened at a really young age because that's how I was raised, yeah. that just that was my foundation. It's everything I am and everything I do. Empathy, empathy, empathy. 
That's awesome, man. Uh, third and final question: Where can we find you? Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you up there, bro. Yeah, so bro. We're getting. I'm on the, my way to 10k. Um, uh, Instagram is where you'll find me most at Nick Pags Fit N I C K P A G S F I T. Uh, I train at a performance house in New York City and yeah. Union Square. I have a podcast called Let's Go L E S S G O O. Yeah. Um, Definitely, so you got to listen to the last one because you had your one of your closest friends. Yeah, my two best friends on which there. Which is that was cool. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening. I was like, damn. I, I'm a little jealous about that. I wish I could have friends like from kindergarten. It's crazy. Yeah, it is freaking nuts but it's like that's that's what it means to be close and really growing as a, as a, as a pride like as a, as a as friendship and everything. even though you have siblings for me it would be awesome to have friends like that yeah uh thank you for ha uh thank you for having me <laughs> thank, thank you, you for yeah. having me bro <laughs> thank I'm you honestly for being blessed. It. thank you yeah and uh, definitely um again if you guys have any questions for my boy nick you can always reach me at e uh, gmail unleashfit at gmail.com send your questions we'll have a Q&A answer I would say probably five episodes from now and then also follow me at uh, Instagram for any DMs uh, don't slide on them just make sure <laughs> <laughs> just say it um, alright so thank you very much guys Nick my man thank thanks you very bro. much Appreciate and I'll it, see man. you guys next episode thank you very much peace